and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Brian Dilks and I'm joined by the Fulham in the Premier League to my Fulham in the Championship. It is Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin, how are you? I'm absolutely delightful, thanks. It's uh, It's been a good start to the week, obviously a four-day week because of the bank holiday, so I can't be, can't be too downhearted, can I? Actually, I've got relegated, I could be. Yeah, you yeah. could definitely be downhearted. Yeah. Um, also, we're recording back-to-back consecutive days looking behind the curtain because we're recording this on the Wednesday so we can let it out let the episode go out first thing on Thursday morning Mm. so that means me and Justin are seeing each other in consecutive days which just never happens and it happens for a reason we uh we dislike each other considerably don't we despise each other yeah Yeah. absolutely hate each other's guts yeah would absolutely I mean it's why we don't record face to face anymore it's we'd just tear tear each other apart wouldn't we yeah, yeah, I'd push you down the stairs. You've tried that before, actually, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I want to see your veins fall out. Welcome to the number one championship-specific <laughs> podcast, he's second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, we're going to talk about Fulham finally getting promoted to the Premier League. It's took a while for them to actually get it over the line, but they got there in the end. So we'll talk about that and their win over mm. Preston. Then we'll look ahead to some of the weekend's games coming up. Still plenty to play for in the championship. Not going to talk about any news because, honestly, I was having a look through the news and there is nothing that's happened over the past few days. So we'll completely leave that out and then we'll finish of the Craig Bryson pub quiz right at the end. But before we jump into the show, may I tell you, listener, about our friends at Fansbet, the fan-led sports betting company committed to supporting charities and causes which are important to fans. Do check them out by clicking the link in the description of this episode. They've got an exclusive offer for listeners to the second tier. Bet £10 and get £30 plus 10 free spins. UK mobile registrations only. Terms and restrictions apply. Full details on site. 18 plus, please do gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for more info and do also check out Fansbet Responsible Gambling Tools. So, Fulham have finally been promoted to the Premier League after beating Preston 3 0. As I say, took a while for them to actually get promotion over the line, but this game was fairly straightforward in the end, wasn't it, Justin? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was how I expected the uh, the derby game to go on the Friday, actually. It's just the performance came a couple of days later than expected. But yeah, professional job. Um they saw they saw themselves over the line and fully deserving of doing three 0 up in the first half meant that they could enjoy the second half quite quite a bit and obviously the supporters could finally celebrate. That's all there is to really say on the match. It was that straightforward. Um, a lot more straightforward than it has been recently for them, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because they haven't been at their glittering best in the past couple mm. of weeks. Um, but this was more of the Fulham that we've seen across the course of the season. And on the way to winning promotion, they have been untouchable at times, haven't they? Sure, they've had a couple of rocky moments, but show me a promotion winning side that hasn't. We're only mm. talking about two or three in the history of the championship, aren't we? So... It seems likely that they were going to be going up for quite some time and this was always a matter of when, not if, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely spot on. They they have been, especially since sort of that, that defeat to um, Sheffield United at home, since then they've been absolutely unreal again. As you say, there have been a couple of hairy patches, but there's, it's never been in doubt and I think that's... I think that's a testament to the quality throughout this team. Obviously, you can make an argument about parachute parachute payments, but there have been teams before who have failed spectacularly. I mean, Bournemouth did it a couple of seasons ago, didn't they? Uh, or last season. I can't even remember when it was now. It feels like a long time ago. Um, but Bournemouth came down with good players and they, and they struggled to bounce straight back up. Um, and, and Fulham, it could have been the same for Fulham. They took a risk. Their, their pre-season was disrupted 
um, a little bit as well with the Scott Parker situation, but they moved for Marco Silva. I was sceptical of him. Um, but actually, he's got this team playing a really attractive style of play. He's got individuals playing brilliantly. I think Harrison Reed, other than the likes of Mitrovic and Wilson, I think Harrison Reed's been one of the standout performers this season for, for Fulham when he's played and will easily slot into the Premier League once again. Yeah, it's just a, it's a team full of quality with with a good manager. Um, it could have been it could have been a different season had um, had they not settled in quickly, but they 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 quickly showed this season that they they they, they mean business. Well, the top of the table for expected goals going forwards and defensively. And when you've got that kind of data, underlying data mm-hmm. on your side, it, you me, it, you're going to be near the top of the table in any way, shape or form, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And it always helps when you've got a 40-goal striker who's tapping them in at the under, uh, other end of the pitch <laughs> as well. So th- I don't think people give enough credit for how good they are defensively as well, because yeah. going forwards, we all know about the massive score lines they've managed to rack up across the course of the season, but they are really good defensively as well. Tosin Adarabayo, someone who doesn't get talked about enough no. for my liking, a really, really good defender. Tim Ream has been brilliant across the course of the season. Don't think he'll be um, the man to be at the starting 11 um, in, when they're back in the Premier League. Um, but he's been good, good enough anyway. Um, and then Robinson, Brian at left back, been great. Tete or Williams, whoever's played at right back, has been good as well. And then Harrison Reed providing that protective barrier in front of the defence mm. has meant that they've been able to control games really, really well. So, um, and Mark Rodak as well in goal is a really, really solid keeper too. So they've got all the star quality there. They've got so much st- strength in depth as well. And Marco Silva's done a brilliant job just getting them over the line because it's very easy to have all this quality at your disposal, Cough West Brom, but still not being able to you know, make it work. And Silva's managed to find a way to make it work, keep everyone happy as well. And they've just been class across the course of the season, haven't they? Um, so let's talk about Premier League, Justin. What chance would you give of Fulham finally defying their yo-yo status and actually staying up next season? I mean, it's been a ruling joke over the last sort of 12 hours um, since the promotion was, was confirmed up until recording now that Fulham will be straight back down this time next year. But I actually give them a, a much better chance this time around than they have done previously. I think the um, the signing of Mana Solomon, for example, I think that is a turning point for their recruitment in previous seasons. You go back to the first time they went up under Yukanovic, I think it's likes of Andre Schurler came in. Um, I'm trying to think of others. There was a, uh, about three or four different keepers felt like it, they came through the door as well. It really was, um, it felt like a, a 12-year-old who's just been given a £200 million budget on Football Manager. That's what it felt like. But now... It seems to be evolving. Nico Williams, hopefully, if they can get that one over the line, um, that will give them a, a much better balance at, at fullback as well. Um, but for me, yeah, I think they've got a much better chance this time around because Marco Silva is a good manager um, and, and he's proven at Premier League level that he is capable of putting a decent team together. Um, and Mitrovic on the back of this season, I think he's better equipped going into next season. Um, I, think, I don't think they need too many additions going forward. It's just defensively where I'm a bit sceptical well the thing is you, that is very easy to forget with Fulham getting promoted the last couple of times they both got promoted via the playoffs last time didn't they mm-hmm. this time they're getting promoted as the best team in the division yeah. so they've got that on their side and that's why I think this is their best chance they've had to stay up um, out of the last two times uh, mm-hmm. they got promoted um, I think they are also heading in there as you were alluding to with a better manager Jukanovic Parker 
both had question marks over them, particularly Jukanovic at top tier level. Um, but Silva has a good enough record at Premier League level. Yeah. And the only thing stopping Fulham from avoiding relegation is Fulham. They're their own worst enemies at times because yeah. all they need is a winger, a number 10, a centre-half and Nico Williams. Once they've got them, just stop. You don't need a whole new squad, Tony Khan. You've got Alexander Mitrovic who, despite this ridiculous myth that he's not very good at Premier League level, which is just absolute bollocks, by the way. He's got he got 11 goals in his first Premier League season with Fulham. And then the season after, he wasn't fancied by Scott Parker for some bizarre reason. So you've got a, a goal scorer who's a mid-table Premier League striker for me. You've got Harry Wilson coming off the back of his best season, probably of his career, maybe that Derby mm-hmm. season as well. Um, you've got yourself, Tosin Adarabayo, who's a really good centre-half for my liking. Marit Rodak is someone who I think deserves a crack at the Premier League. Harrison Reid, Jean-Michel Serri. You've got so many options in that midfield who are already Premier League-made quality players. So you don't need much adding to this squad. Don't go crazy, Fulham. Don't start being like a kid in a candy shop, signing every single player who you see who's, Mm -hmm. you know, really who's a really big name and is available. You've got Manor Solomon, who looks like he's going to be coming in. That's a fantastic signing. You don't need much more else. Don't go crazy. Um, so, yes, I agree with you, Justin, long short of it. I think this is a really good chance of Fulham actually staying up. I think the Premier League next season is going to be quite tough um, because I think, looking at the teams who are going down this season, I think you're losing three pretty poor teams there. And then I imagine yeah. teams like Everton and Leeds, for example, will be a lot better than they were this season, for example. Um, so, yeah, Fulham looking quite good heading into the Premier League, I think is what we can both agree on here, isn't it? Is mm-hmm. there worth having a chat about parachute payments? Because Fulham are kind of parachute payments FC, really, aren't they? Where they are the embodiment <laughs> of why parachute payments need to be scrapped. Yeah, it, look, we can make the same argument for any team that comes down from the Premier League and is, benef- is a beneficiary of the parachute payments. Um, and, and Fulham FC, as you say, they're the example this year because they've managed to walk pretty much over a lot of teams other than Coventry this season. And they've been able to do that because of their ability to afford the players they have. Parachute payments, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go out and spend 30, 40 million pounds on, on new players, but the parachute payments gives them that buffer so they can afford that the players that they have. Mitrovic, for example, is championship god, isn't he? You wouldn't be able to afford his wages on any other uh, championship income from any other team on championship income um, he's only there because Fulham are able to afford that and the reason why they're able to afford that is because of parachute payments um, now we're not criticising Fulham in any way they're just taking advantage of the situation they're in and that's absolutely fair enough every but other team would be exactly the same wouldn't they in exactly. situation yeah exactly you know you've got Burnley Norwich and Watford will be coming down Watford will have Ismail Assar available to them and again they can afford that because of um because of parachute payments, um, so yeah, it's, it's it's just a symptom of um, a system essentially, which they're benefiting from, and not not many of us are benefiting from. That's all we're trying to say with parachute payments. They they are beneficial to only three teams in the league at a time, or more than teams if you don't go up first time around. Yeah, exactly. And we've still got a very realistic scenario here where the two teams who get automatically promoted are still benefiting off parachute payments and maybe even three if Sheffield United get mm-hmm. promoted through the playoffs as well. So 
that it's a sign that parachute payments, the whole system needs looking at. And personally, I think needs to be scrapped, but even a watered down version I'll take at this point because it's getting yeah. to the stage where whoever comes down is going straight back up and looking at who's coming down next season, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens again mm-hmm. in in a year's time. Um, just in let's have a quick break. After that, we'll talk about some of the games coming up next weekend in the Championship. back to the second tier podcast so we'll look ahead to some of the big games in the championship coming up this weekend Justin and Bournemouth v Fulham is the one that obviously catches the eye doesn't mean as much from one team's perspective because Fulham have obviously been promoted now and I suppose that was the best thing that could have happened for Bournemouth heading into this game wasn't it do you think Fulham will take their foot off the pedal at all Maybe a little bit, but there's still a lot for them to do. I think they want to get as many points on the table as possible because at one point they were looking like they could have hit 100 points. Now that is impossible to do. Um, And again, we were talking about them being one of the best championship teams ever. So I think them not taking their foot off the gas and 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 just keeping it straight down, actually, I think think that'll be quite an important thing for Fulham. You look at Leeds the other year, actually. To be fair, they they didn't take the foot off the gas, but they, they, they played at least three or four games absolutely pissed so I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case either um, but yeah as you say Bournemouth will be hoping to take advantage of perhaps some yeah maybe some maybe some hangovers or maybe some uh, complacency from, from Fulham well Fulham are almost king makers well they're the king they're the kings aren't they so what would they be the, the prince makers they could decide who goes up with them because mm. Bournemouth are um, obviously they're playing Bournemouth but then they're playing Forest not long afterwards as well so they've got to have a say in both those situations and I suppose Bournemouth would want to play them first considering Fulham are just f- fresh off the back of promotion and mm-hmm. as you say might still be pissed um, but Bournemouth need to get a result here don't they and I, I'd say a draw would be a good result for them would you agree? I think it would yes but I think they'll want to go for the win I think if they can beat Fulham um I think that just puts out a bit of a statement to the other teams around them that are trying to chase them, i.e. Forest and maybe Huddersfield at a push, that second place is ours. You're not getting anywhere near it. And I think as well, like I said, it, it changes the mentality of that top six quite quite a lot or, or the teams chasing for the playoffs. So I think they'll want to they'll want to go for the win. I think Scott Park has got a point to prove as well because a lot of Fulham fans will be saying, well, look what Marco Silva did with almost the same squad that you had with exception to Harry Wilson and maybe one or two others. Um, look at what look what Silver did with what you had. He's better than you. And I think Scott Parker will want to prove that wrong. I think Forest could be four points off if results go their way over this weekend. Bournemouth, uh, that, their win against Coventry on Easter Monday was their first in four. So they'll be looking to improve on that record for sure. Peterborough v Forest then, a month or so ago, Forest would have looked at this and expected to get three points. But... Peterborough have made a lot of progress since then, haven't they? And this will be a tricky game for the Tricky Trees, won't it? Yeah, I think it will be quite a sticky game. Obviously, Peterborough in a good run of form at the moment. They're unbeaten in four and obviously won the last two. And they're going up against the Forest team who are flying, obviously, apart from that Luton defeat. So it's it's a difficult one to, to separate in terms of these two teams because of those factors. And as well as that, you've got Jack Marriott who's back in form for, for Peterborough. Um, I really do fancy maybe... 
some form of upset in the sense that they might take points off Forest, um, especially if uh, again it's injuries with Forest because Keenan Davis is is potentially out for the season. So there's a lot of factors that could impact this game. Um, I know it didn't impact the West Brom game, but West Brom looked bereft of any sort of fight, whereas Peterborough Peterborough want to prove a point again, similar to Scott Parker and Bournemouth. Well, Peterborough unbeaten in four games. Having said that, Forest are absolutely flying, aren't they? Um, they did have the slip-up against Luton, but then bounced back superbly against West Brom and made them look clearly second-best. So I think Forest will definitely be heading into here expecting to get three points, and they need to get three points, really, don't they? I th- the playoffs is looking like it's going to be secure now. I don't think that's mm-hmm. anything to worry about, but they know that they'll be able to keep putting pressure on Bournemouth if they get the win here. And they need to expect to get three points here and go in there with full confidence that they will do that. Um, so I'll go for a Forest win. Justin, what are you predicting? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go a draw. I think it's going to be a similar game to Luton one where Forest struggle on a <coughs> in a tighter space. I don't think there's a lot of space that can be exploited similar to, as I say, similar to the Luton game. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go 1-1 draw. I fancy an upset. I just realised we didn't do a prediction for Bournemouth v Fulham either. What are you predicting there? I'm going to go. I'm going to go two 0 Bournemouth. Really? Yeah. I'll yeah, go for a draw. I'll, really, I'll go it. for a one-one draw in that one. Sheffield United v Cardiff. Then I've picked this because obviously the playoffs is the only thing that really needs sorting out at this point, isn't it? And Sheffield United are the one who look like they should be able to secure it, but they're doing their very best to keep it interesting, aren't they? One win in five for them, and they're definitely stumbling, aren't they, the Blades? <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that, that, that cricket um, clip where that guy is, where he's bowling the ball inside and he constantly looks yeah. like he's going to fall over before he collides with a with a stage and that's pretty much Sheffield United at the moment isn't it <laughs> um which isn't actually that funny considering that they 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 are yeah dropping off quite considerably performances especially have, have, have dropped off massively um going forwards we know is an issue for Sheffield United they they are lacking numbers up front and I know we've spoken a lot about Billy Sharp's absence but I think they're feeling Jaden Bogle's absence and David McGoldrick as well because David McGoldrick has that ability to play with his back to goal and drop, in, drop into those half spaces in around the um, opposition area which helps build attacks massively and it helps turn turn possession over and gets those gets those win backs involved as well and obviously Jaden Bogle his talent on the right hand side is is missed massively and it's it's a massive shame because I don't think George Baldock's quite got the same ability as Bogle um, I think he offers something slightly different to to Bogle but they are struggling without without personnel and it's yeah it's, it's another difficult game I think for Sheffield United on paper. Yeah, injuries are definitely impacting their season, aren't they? No more so than Billy Sharp. Paul Heckingbottom is expecting, well, he's hoping to have Billy Sharp back for this game and they just need him back as soon as possible, don't they? Because they look Mm -hmm. a completely different side without him there. Um, But Cardiff are capable of putting in a good performance, aren't they? But it happens less less often than it does, which is the frustrating Mm -hmm. thing um, for Steve Morrison's boys. What are you predicting from this game then, Justin? Again, I think it's going to be a difficult one for for Sheffield United. Um, I I think Cardiff will prove to be stick opposition. I'm going for I'm going for another draw. I'm going to go I'm going to go one one draw. Struggled to get off the fence this week, haven't I? I'm going to go for a Sheffield United win. My my theory is right. They can't keep playing as badly as they are, and despite Sharp, whether he's back or not, mm. they've got enough quality there that they should be able to do better than this. And 
at home is where they've really flourished, haven't they? It's the away form that's caused a couple of problems yeah. recently. Um, so obviously they didn't get a result against Reading last time they were at home. This should be a way to bounce back for them. So I'm hopefully I'm I'm hopeful and optimistic that Sheffield United will be able to get a result here. Um, the final game we'll preview then, Justin. Justin, your dog is going mental. I believe there's somebody at the door, and he doesn't usually bark. He's a good dog. Yes. Yeah, uh, Tell him to sort him out. He's he's clearly disagreeing with my selections on uh, on my um, yeah, rightly so. By the way, <laughs> um, the final game we'll preview is Swansea v Middlesbrough, and time is running out for them, isn't it? They've got one point from the last game. That's Borough. That is as they try to close the gap on the playoffs. Um, Justin, what are you thinking ahead of this one? Yeah, it's, it's another it's another difficult game. It's, it's some good uh, some good selections here this week, right? Yeah, the Swansea. This this is actually a very tasty game, I think, um, because as you say, Borough have started to stumble themselves, and they need to pick up points. Um, they need to pick up points to get into that top six. They need wins on the board if they've got any chance of doing it. And they're coming up against a Swansea team who uh, are absolutely scintillating at times, but do give you chances as well. So I think Borough will need to be on it um, once those chances come, but. What we've seen this season, what we've seen for, for a long time actually, is Borough very wasteful in front of goal, and I think that could that could impact this game because again, Swansea, they're a team that give you chances. If you don't take them, they'll punish you. Swansea are a funny team, aren't they? They're unbeaten <laughs> in seven games, but the last couple of results have been a bit strange. Obviously, they've played the three of the relegation fighters. Um, Derby they beat, drew against Barnsley um, in a game that they should really be getting three points from. And then they were 4-1 up against Reading before managing to mm-hmm. uh, mess that up as well. So Swansea, a funny side, but we know what they're capable of. They have looked a lot better under Russell Martin in the past few weeks than they were during earlier in the season. So I think this is a really tough one for Borough. I'm edging more towards a Swansea win. What do you think, Justin? You know, I'm imagining I'm I'm towards a, a Borough win. I think there's some beating run that Swansea are under um, will have to end at some point. And I think Borough, the reality of the situation they're in will will seep into what Chris Wilder's trying to get out of the team between now and the end of the season. So I, I fancy a, a tight game. I fancy a, I fancy a Borough win there. Just finally then, Justin, we've got three spots in the playoffs which are looking pretty set at this point. And it seems like it's going to be between Sheffield United, Millwall, Middlesbrough and uh, maybe Blackburn. Although I, I struggle to see it personally. Um, which one of those four are you saying then for the top six the, the, the weirdest thing is Millwall have got the momentum. With Between all of those sides, Millwall have the momentum. Um, but they lack the firepower that Middlesbrough have. Blackburn have started to or stop scoring goals. So have Sheffield United. And again, even Middlesbrough have as well. So yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to say Millwall. I, 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 I think those, those three teams are badly out of form, badly missing individuals. I think Millwall... Um, Millwall have got the, the best set of circumstances sat in their laps at the moment. I'm between Sheffield United and Millwall. Millwall have basically got to get six points from the next two games because they've got Bournemouth last game of the season, which could be important for both sides, which will be amazing for us if that is mm-hmm. the case. Um, but they have got to keep this momentum going and they are the side with the most momentum. Um, none of the teams around there are particularly flying at the moment, <laughs> but they are the ones who have got more momentum than the others. I feel like it's Sheffield United's to lose though. I think if they get sharp back, then they could be back to normal again and will hopefully 
try to get a bit of momentum heading into the playoffs just to make it a bit more interesting. So I'll say Sheffield United, but Millwall are closely behind in my kind of standings there. I'm struggling to see anything coming from the likes of Middlesbrough, Blackburn. Even QPR is still only three points off, but I mm. just don't see that happening. Um, so I'm going Sheffield United personally, but I'm not saying that with much confidence, I've got to say, because I think Mill's run of games that they've got will make me leave Gary Rowett licking his lips. Uh, Justin, it's now time for this. All right, all right. Settle down, you lot. It's time for the Craig Bryson pub quiz. Indeed it is, Mr Bartender. This is the game where Justin and I try to guess a mystery championship legend. This week, it's Justin's turn to give me six clues on a player who's made at least 200 championship appearances. I've just got to guess who it is. The score is 13-12 to myself for the season. We already know Justin Wynn can't win at this point. He's playing for a draw, but that will be impossible if I get this correct. So that continues to be right, ladies and gentlemen, if I get this correct. I've won the Craig Bryson pub quiz for 2021-2022. I'm kind of doing a Fulham here where it's looked like I'm going to win for quite some time, but I'm struggling to just get it over the line. The question is, is Justin going to throw me another gift of Noel (laughs) Williams? Um, Is he actually going to be sensible? We'll have to wait and see, won't we? So Justin, can you give me the first clue, please? You are, you're a disgrace, sir, and I am going to give you the first clue. I've made 275 appearances, scoring 30 goals. That's a lot of appearances. How many was it again, sorry? 275 appearances. 275 appearances. I'm already getting the distinct feeling that this is someone who made most of her, most of his appearances in the first division as opposed to the championship. Um, think what you want. Think what you want. I'll go for Chris Morgan. He's not got that yeah. many goals. Don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I left Ireland, it's not Chris Morgan, I left Ireland at the age of 16, joining Burnley, where I made my championship debut. 275 appearances, 30 goals. Um, Mm. Okay. I will go with Dean Marnie. It is not Dean Marnie. Good. Next one, please. (laughs) (laughs) I've played under Steve Cottrell. Owen Coyle, Brian Laws, and Eddie Howe. Right, okay, so he was at Burnley for their golden period. Um when they Which were one? they were proper Brexit back then. <laughs> now they're now they're like new Brexit. Um Oh, who is Irish and in that team? Robbie Blake so, Irish? I don't think he was. Are you saying Robbie Blake? I'm saying Robbie Blake. Robbie Blake. Robbie, Robbie Blake scored more than 30 goals. Yeah, good point. I was called up to the island in the 21s for the first time, where I was named on the bench before opting out of the squad two hours before kickoff, stating, This is a waste of my time. I wow. never made another international appearance for Ireland again. I'm not bloody surprised with that kind of attitude. <laughs> um, Irish players in that Burnley squad. That Burnley squad is really not sinking in with me and Robbie Blake's the only person who keeps coming to my mind with, with, um, a, bad, with a bad attitude apparently with a bad attitude um, I do remember them being an Irishman around there but I'm struggling uh, Robbie Brady it is not Robbie Brady no no he was a bit too late wasn't he mm-hmm. several serious knee injuries restricted me from hitting my peak before moving to Wigan then Atlanta is it? Uh, oh, one of the Coldwells. Which one is it? 
Um, Gary Caldwell? It is not Gary Caldwell. Gary Caldwell is Scottish, and so is Stephen Caldwell. Okay, thank you. Otherwise, I would have definitely <laughs> said Stephen Caldwell after that, so thank you for <laughs> not You gave that me away. Stephen Caldwell just a couple of weeks ago. Okay, I've got someone in mind now. Next. This is the last clue. Is it? Yep. I thought we had two left. Oh, crap. Go on. This is the last clue. I commuted to Ireland where I am playing for Shamrock Rovers from the northwest of England after deciding against uprooting my family. Bonus clue. His dad works for the ferry company. <laughs> Could you read it again, please? <laughs> Is he rattled? He's rattled. <laughs> I commuted to Ireland where I where I'm currently playing for Shamrock Rovers. Commuted from the northwest of England after deciding against uprooting my family once again. He plays for the Shamrock bo- Rovers right now. He does, yeah. He's, he's actually played in Europe this season for them. Um oh. the bonus clue was that his dad works for the ferry company. It doesn't help me. I'm not aware of where ex Burnley players' dads <laughs> now work. Well that's thrown me into the eggs. I was going to go Michael Duff, although I was saying that without any confidence that he's actually Irish. Um, I feel like I'm going to be kicking myself once, I know, once you tell me who this is, Justin. You might well be. No, no one's coming to mind. Go on, just put me out of my misery. So this, this is a player, I think he's quite well known, but he's easily forgettable because of the amount of injuries he's had. But the player in question is Chris McCann. You are going so rogue with some of these Not rogue. Not rogue at all. Chris McCann scored quite a lot of goals and made quite a few appearances. Would have been a lot more if he didn't have serious knee injuries. Your last two, you've given me Gift and Noel Williams and Chris McCann. It's just clearly your Burnley knowledge is terrible. No, right. You are going so (laughs) obscure with some of these. Unbelievable. His dad works for the ferry company. That doesn't help me at all. Come on. Come on. This is absurd how obscure you are going with some of these players. You've tried to you've tried to get me a couple of times. With who? Chris McCann won promotion with Burnley twice. So? He's fairly well known. He is well known. If you asked all of our listeners how many how many clubs can you name Chris McCann used to play for? Yeah, I don't think I reckon ninety nine percent of our audience won't be able to name two clubs. Put it on a poll. No, because people can use the internet. <laughs> you are listen, listen. You listen, are listen, taking listen. the Craig Bryson pub quiz listen. name and throwing it in the shitter. Listen. Is exactly what you're doing. I am furious with your tactics. <laughs> it's thirteen twelve to myself for the season, and that's the end of the episode as far as I'm concerned. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. We'll be back again on Sunday to go through all the championship games coming up this weekend, and I look forward to it. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. We're back again on Sunday. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been just. A bit, I've been just Thank a bit. you for listening. Fuck off. <laughs>